Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Chris Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Sam and Cheese Sandwich. How are you? That's the worst thing you have ever said, and I'm pretty sure half the things you've said on the show are admitted felonies, yet that is the worst thing you've ever said. I'm doing just fine, though, to answer your hideous, hideous question. Um, if I start low, I can only go up from there for the rest know, of the show. That's a good strategy. That is why we are Miami Doll fans, citizens of Perfectville. We uh, we know what it's like to live in the gutter and then roll our way up the driveway and into the living room every now and again, just like this Miami Dolphins team over the last 20-some-odd years. Um we got a lot to talk about here, Chris. We've got the schedule, which you and I have not touched on. We've got Josh Rosen uh, throwing a ball as wobbly as it could be for the Miami Dolphins in a Miami Dolphins helmet and slight uniform. We've got the New York Jets just absolutely, for some reason, losing their absolute fucking mind uh, here today. Uh, just a lot of stuff that we're going to cover here today. But um, anything else you want to cover here, Chris? Sounds like you wanted to talk. I uh, cut you off. My apologies. Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm sorry if that sounded that way. Yeah, you are right on the money, man. Okay, well, everyone else that's on the money are the citizens of Perfectville. I have been derelict in my duties here, Chris. As you know, we do have uh, citizens out there that give us a five-star rating and a review, and uh, I really haven't been reading them here recently. Now, part of that is due to the fact that we've come out with two episodes in six weeks, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other part of that is I've just uh, I've been lazy. So uh, my apologies to the citizens who have been giving us five-star reviews and ratings. So I'm going to read a couple of these off. Now, one of these, Chris, one of these is not a five-star review. So uh, everyone Mm. get your pitchforks out, get your hate pants on, and uh, we'll get there when we get there. But first, this comes from MarinoFan58546. Very entertaining podcast, five stars. Sam and Chris are great together and always put a good spin on the current Dolphins news. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I think circle gets the square. Thank you very much. Marino fan 58, 54, six. Uh, this one comes from dolphin Ray. I feel like we've heard from dolphin Ray. I think so. About <laughs> At this point, he, has, he has 13, uh, around backstands. Yeah. I, you know, dolphin Ray, you know, you can email us at Dolph at perfectville podcast at gmail.com. You can contact us on Twitter at perfectville pod. Uh, you can check us out on our Facebook page. You don't have to just contact us through iTunes, but that's okay. We can do that. Although now I now I want them to start making like fake accounts, but then being just the, a different alliteration of spelling of Ray. So it's like Dolphin R E A, then like R E H, and then R A Y R E Y, you know R E I. Just all these Dolphin Rays giving us five star reviews, almost like putting on a fake mustache and and nose and glasses. That'd be great. Well, now that you fucking said that, he's absolutely going to do that. So <laughs> thank, thank you for the idea yes. to uh, Dolphin Ray. Oh, no, more five-star reviews. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, this says, uh, 
Draft, five stars. You guys rock. Thanks for the laughs. I think he is referring to your drunken rambling uh, and and shenanigans there when you're talking about the Bills, Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins from our last episode, which if you have not listened to that, it must be required viewing for any and all citizens of Perfectville. Go back and listen to the episode directly before this one on whatever device you're listening to and listen to Chris just ramble on and on and on <laughs> about nothing but somehow making it the most Nickel entertaining. Harry was on the state. Yeah, it was yeah, uh, that, you, was it, that was that Patriots drunken rant of like three minutes, and you, you shit on Kurt Warner, you shit on I think just like the 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 People's Republic of China. I mean, you just went off on everything and everyone all within three minutes. Um, highly, I was in bed within five minutes of that. So I mean, I, I, and, and when I say bed, I mean I passed out. I was to say so you weren't. That in was a literally bed. just in a coma, like speaking tongues. Yeah, uh, by bed he means passed out on his orange carpet inside of his man cave where he uh, was recording those things. Things on draft night uh but all good things must come to an end here chris and what we have right now is a four-star review mm. uh yeah yeah this is by the w-r-o-b w-rob if you will who says uh glad i found your podcast very entertaining to listen to you two work with, well with each other and being from connecticut and always hearing about the gatriots to nauseum i love the promo that you cut on the boston teams i was dying had to listen twice fins up so, that's a very positive review. Seems to hate the Patriots. Seems to love the Dolphins. Yet four stars, Chris. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe he thought it was on a four star scale, uh, like Michelin stars or something. I don't. I, I don't know if that's even four. But uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. It's like your teacher writing his whole like paragraph about how well you wrote this uh, thesis paper and they're just like, uh, you know, C plus. Yeah. That's what I, that's literally what I was thinking when I was looking, I'm like five star, five star, five, four star. What the fuck? And then like, usually if you're dinging somebody a star, you give somebody a reason for that dinging of the star. And there's plenty right. of reasons for us to be dinged stars. We totally get it. Like if you'd said, Hey, they don't come out with consistent episodes. They keep mispronouncing people's names. You know, mm. Chris is too drunk. Sam is too drunk. Right. Sam is too racist. Chris is too, whatever. I would totally understand all of those critiques and say, I get it. However, this is just like, I love everything about the show. I just don't give out A's. He's that teacher. That's who this person is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like even my daughter doesn't get an A in my class. Um, yeah, exactly. Like I watch a lot of cooking shows and stuff and the judges are always like, wow, you just blew me away with a crust on this. It was phenomenal. If I had to pick out something, I could use more salt. Yeah. You know, just give, give me a little, you know, what am I, what are we missing? What, are we missing a little pinchetta? Like, what are we missing? But nope, four stars, and it was phenomenal. You listened to the same episode twice. Uh, funnily, funnily enough, it was us doing just our horrendous Boston accents, so that's great. Yeah, I give this four-star review four stars on my review, but let's, you know, at least you and I have given W. Rob the reason for it, um, and that is that you didn't give us a reason for why you dinged us the star. So I demand that WROB go back and tell us what's wrong with us. We need to know. We need the constructive criticism, and then after that, then I will Here comes accept. a two-star review. I know. Now. <laughs> and he's like, uh, two stars. You guys going to shit on your fans? Seriously? Like, okay. So, yeah, we asked for it, but like you said, at least tell us. Tell well, at us least why. TRS ears told us over and over and over again what he did not like about us and that's why he dinged us the two stars many many times but uh nonetheless thank you very much w rob very Isn't nice he our sears wasn't he the meh 
guy. He was the original meh, meh plus <laughs> is what he eventually gave us. I think we earned a plus out of TRS ears. Oh, man. Uh, Gotta love that guy. I know I, I miss him. I'm going to have a beer with him. <laughs> yeah. I hope. Okay, fine. I listen again. Meh plus. <laughs> the thing is, it's probably like a 15-year-old dolphin, too. You know, it's just like some. Exactly. So we're just taking shit and reading it over and over again from some teenager somewhere uh, who's mad because his teacher didn't give him an A and no explanation as to why not. Um well, why don't we just, you know, those are the reviews. Again, you can find us on Apple, whatever it is, Apple Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, Google Radio, Google Plus, whatever the fuck it's called. Nobody listens on that anyways. Um, and then you can check us out on Instagram, which I very rarely ever post on. You can check us out on Twitter, which Chris and I are very active on. And you can check us out on Facebook, which every now and again I get inspired and I put stuff on there. It's just random Easter eggs. You're just going to have to check it out and uh, like our page, and you'll find additional content here, there, and everywhere with all that shit out of the way, Chris. Uh, I want to talk about the schedule here today. I, we have not really jumped into the schedule for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about uh, this this four-time offender, Mark Walton, that we picked up. I want to talk about Josh Rosen <laughs> in a Miami Dolphins uniform. I want to talk about Adam Gase somehow becoming the supreme lord and ruler of all things New York Jets. Uh, where do you want to go first? I'm just going to leave it up to you here. Um, I'm going to start. Uh, I do want to talk about the schedule as well, but I think these, these, this will be a quicker topic. Um, but I think it's something I would like to start the show with because he deserves it. Uh, and I'm talking about the now highest paid corner in the NFL, ah. X-Man, Xavier Howard getting paid. Um, it's a little different for us, Sam. We're, we're actually keeping our young talent. Um, instead of signing the Carlos Dansby's of the world and the Josh Sittens and the Kilgores, we're actually keeping our guys. Uh, what do you think about the long-term extension for Xavier Howard locking them well into uh, the 2020s? Yeah, I mean, Xavier Howard, it's, it's very rare, in my opinion, that you get a player who is arguably the best at their position at <clears throat> at a time where they are you know, starting to go into their prime or are maybe not even, you know, a year away from their prime uh, to a deal that upon further review is a little bit better uh, than what anyone expects. Yet at the same time, marries him being the highest paid cornerback, which he has deserved. I mean, it, sometimes you're paying a guy for past performance or sometimes you're paying them for, you know, the potential to be the best player. In this case, I think we've kind of married the two. He's earned the paycheck and he will continue to earn that paycheck, assuming he stays healthy, which there's no reason to think he would not. Um, I like it. I mean, there, it, it's it's part of the plan. I mean, we we, we certainly have a plan. Um, we, we've cut a lot of the bloated old contracts that we no longer need, whether we like the player or not. And this is a guy that they're saying, you know what? We feel that you are probably the best player on the Miami Dolphins and one of the best players in the league. We're going to show it to you. You've earned it, and you're going to continue to earn it. And we're putting our money where your mouth is, and uh, you're going to be a part of this franchise's rebuild for a very long time. He will be a team captain. He will be, you know, one of those faces. One of the things that you and I talked about, Chris, is well, who is the face? Because Cameron Wake is gone, Ryan Tannehill is gone, Adam Gase is gone. Who is the face of this franchise? You know, who's going to step up and be that person or be those people that when you think of the Miami Dolphins identity, you think of that person. And I think this is a step in in crowning Xavier Howard as in many ways, the face of the franchise. Yeah, I love it. Um, you you said it perfectly. It's marrying, uh, getting paying a guy for past performance, pro bowler, um, but also paying him because he's young in his prime, and um, we know he's going to perform for us, and it's a, a huge position, especially in today's NFL. Um, what it says to me, too, is our new head coach, 
despise playing against the guy. Um, and O'Shea and Flores stood on that sideline, and you know when we played that they played the Dolphins twice a year, um, they game planned diligently against uh, number twenty five, and they probably said to each other, uh, "I need this guy on my team." I fucking hated playing against them, um, and because they came in and just got it done. Greer agreed. Obviously, Greer had a big part in uh, drafting him out of Baylor. So, I mean, just keeping these guys is all what it's about to be a good, consistent team. We've said it before on the show. We don't want to just be one and done and have a good season with just like an overabundance of free agents and overpaid guys where our salary cap is going to be ginormous and uh, unobtainable the next season. We want to just build guys, keep them in house. Um, we're lucky to where we're paying a one-year deal for Fitzpatrick. Rosen's on just the cheapest of deals to where we can uh, put that money elsewhere and getting a guy like Xavier Howard locked up. It's one of those things where you're like, he's amazing, and God, would I rather have him on my team than have to play him even once a season, let alone twice if he were to go to the division. So bravo to the guys there because that's a great deal. Yeah, for everyone uh, that doesn't know, it's a five-year extension for $75 million, about, uh, what, $40 million or so that is guaranteed. And that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, but again, he has earned it. But if you actually look at this breakdown of this yes. contract, Chris, I mean, really, after the 2021 season where I believe our dead cap hit is something like $12 million, which would be pretty stiff if we had to cut or trade him at that point, the last three years of this deal, age 29, 30, 31, where he'd still be in his prime, maybe even on the tail end of it at the end of that contract, I mean, the dead cap on this stuff is is like $2 million, $1 million, $3 million. So if, for whatever reason, Xavier Howard just turned out to be shit for the next two to three years, we could actually bail on this contract, and it's really of no you know, foul to the Miami Dolphins. So the way this thing is structured, it's very, very team-friendly. It's cap-friendly, and it also pays one of the best players at a position of need uh, what a best player should be paid. So uh, it's a win-win-win all the way around. Uh, at this point of, the, of, of our offseason, at this point of the Brian Flores slash Chris Greer era, I'm not seeing too many faults yet. I mean, I know we were cautiously optimistic, and we do have a new regime, and everyone always wants to get behind them and say, yep, they're doing it right. But at this point, Mm -hmm. they've laid out a plan. They've told us what the plan is, and they've gone out and executed that plan almost to a T. And this is, I think, one of those crowning jewels of the first year is to lock him up. And right behind him, most likely going to be Laramie Tunzel, another just outstanding guy, face of the franchise type of guy, left tackle that's going to be there for the next 10 years. It would not surprise me if he's locked up before the season starts and he's in for a long term as well. So I'm ecstatic about it. I think this is one of the best moves we've done in a very long time. Well, I think what's exciting to me, and I've been cautiously optimistic too, even downright uh, pessimistic, uh, just because I've had enough, but I am liking what I'm seeing, and it's because it's different than what we've ever done. And that's and that's obviously not been a recipe for success. We haven't won anything. We haven't done anything. We've been constantly mediocre. I mean, just that's our only consistency is being inconsistent. Um, it's just so bad. So to see it being done differently, not paying for Nandamak and Sues of the world, um, and taking advantage of a trade where um, Josh Rosen's sitting there and desperately Arizona's trying to get rid of him, and we turn into another second round pick by moving down beforehand. We're paying him peanuts for the next few years. So we get a chance to sit back, see if he's going to be the guy. Meanwhile, being able to pay 
our core guys to keep a consistent team around in case a few years down the line when Xavier Howard's dead cap money is not a lot, we can pay big to the Tua or to the, you know, Trevor Lawrence or to Rosen when he wants a big contract. You know, who knows? But we have done it right, and what Chris Greer is doing and Flores is doing and the uh, whole team is doing is just so far so good. That's all we'll say. Yeah, and you mentioned Josh Rosen. I think that's a good transition to get into what we've seen from Josh Rosen. Josh, Josh Rosen, Jesus, easy for me to say. Um, uh, very early here at minicamp, uh, he shows up wearing number three. Ryan Fitzmagic shows up wearing number five, if I'm not mistaken. And the Miami Dolphins sent out a little teaser video of the quarterbacks doing work, quote-unquote. And I actually saw on Twitter, Chris, that we had uh, Hillbilly Bren, our old friend, was uh, very upset at the video uh, where they showed Josh Rosen throwing uh, somewhat of a wobbly duck. And, uh, you know, Hillbilly, as, as only sports fans can do across any and all sports, uh, immediately came to the conclusion that this was an awful trade. And... Uh, this needs to, um, you know, be eradicated from our history. Now, I don't know if I can jump to that conclusion based off one throw from one movie edit. I will jump to the conclusion that whoever put this together for the Miami Dolphins probably needs to be fined and, and hand in their editing playbook because that wasn't a good throw to put on a promotional video, especially when it's side-by-side side next to a tight spiral from uh, <laughs> from Ryan Fitzpatrick. They probably could have picked a different throw at some point, but... Uh, what are your thoughts of Josh Rosen in a Miami Dolphins uniform, early as they may be? Yeah, they're, <laughs> Hillbilly and others are causing uh, way too much of a stir for this. I mean, I, I couldn't believe how much talk I saw of a couple fumbled, fumbled snaps from an undrafted free agent center. Uh, and Josh Rosen literally probably just met him five seconds ago, and that was hands under his taint. Um, like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking the first day of OTAs. Like, it's, it's going to be okay. His hands are probably sweaty. It's really hot. I cannot believe how much we, people talked about that. It was unbelievable to me, but he looked good. Uh, first things first, because everybody's screaming at the podcast right now, Fitzmagic Fitz is absolutely 100% number 14. Um, well, fuck number you five, all. Sorry. Number, number, everybody's like, calm, calm down. Calm down. We got it. Me and Sam One got One plus back. four equals five, okay? <laughs> all right. I'm doing well, the common core th- math. This actually got makes your whole thing funnier because it was number five who he was throwing with. And I have no idea who that is. And he threw a better ball <laughs> than, than Josh Rosen. So I, I honestly don't even know who number five is. I, I, it's somebody we brought in. It might be Rosier that was trying out for the Hurricanes. I don't know. And if so, he's terrible. Um, but, yeah, d- d- overreacting completely to throw. Hillbilly Bren's a big Tannehill guy. So, of course, it's going to take a while to earn his good graces. Um, if he just puts on a slipknot mask and it looks like Bray Wyatt, then he would, he'll love him. But, yeah, overhyped for sure. But it was cool to see him out there, of course. Anything new, like you said, the new franchise, the new front office, new coaching staff, you're kind of excited. It's a new toy on Christmas. Seeing Josh Rosen go out there, he's saying all the right things. Um, I thought it was funny seeing him stay after practice. He like, There was a picture, I think Omar Kelly posted, uh, where Rosen was sitting on the grass waiting for the media to be done with Fitzpatrick to then dump, come talk to him. Um, but I don't know if you saw Rosen was on um, Rich Eisen's show, and he mentioned that the Arizona general manager has not reached out to him. Like, even to the point where before he traded him uh, during the process or since uh, has not reached out to him to wish him luck, anything like that, uh, which is what a fucking douche. Right. But Larry Fitzgerald has uh, Josh Rosen calls him uncle. Larry Fitzgerald uh, keeps reaching out to him. They stay in touch. They're really close. Uh, all in all, painting more of this picture that Josh Rosen wasn't this like heinous asshole in the locker room. I mean, you talk about one of the most good guys in league history and Larry Fitzgerald still attached to this dude and, and calling him 
just speaks volumes, and it's cool to see him out there, and it's going to be cool to see him better uh, and get better each time, and it's going to be fun because Flores is dead set, and he's dead serious that this is a competition. Nothing's going to be handed to him, and he really doesn't care if Fitzpatrick starts all 16 games or if Rosen does. Whoever earns it's playing, period, end of story, and that's the Patriot way, which is uh, I hope the good parts of that, not the hand jobs and Jupiter parts of that, come to Miami. There's so much to uh, to respond right to there. right Sorry. there. Uh, number one, uh, I'm starting to understand why we got four stars uh, since I said number five was Fitzpatrick, even though I'm staring at a shirt right now that's clearly showing number 14. Um, I mean, it's not like he has facial features that could like really point him out in a crowd or anything. <laughs> yeah, well... Again, one plus four <laughs> equals five. I have a six-year-old. We've been doing a lot of common core math, and i uh, that's what I was doing. And you guys, it's your fault if you weren't following along. Number two, uh, probably the most important out of everything, you'd mentioned the uh, couple of fumbles from a rookie that uh, Josh Rosen was sticking his hands up uh, You know, three minutes after meeting him. It got me thinking, I'm wondering if there's like a subreddit for quarterbacks to review the taints of the various centers <laughs> – <laughs> that they've been under like oh this guy doesn't shave which sounds gross but it's really good because there's no sweat that comes through the hair through the shorts so the ball is just nice and firm when you grab it versus you know this guy's got kind of a narrow cavernous kind of crack uh so he's really got to spread his legs really really far which means he's got to go lower which means i have to bend down lower and i, I don't get out of my my bend as fast so i'd really like a taller center that's you know got like a bull-legged thing going on so that he can just shoot the ball right through like a you know a pregnant lady giving birth to a second set of twins you know something <laughs> like that i, I, I really see tom brady posting like guys breaking news i'm about to change your lives have your center use deodorant on their chode and yeah. like I applied it right to him, and like, and he just like within a paragraph, just like subtly hints that he applied it to the center, um, and then he's like, "What? What's everybody staring at?" You know, I can see that type of deal. Yeah, you know how like the quarterbacks lick their fingers before they go under center. Do you oh. think like some of them are actually have like nair on their tongue, and they're licking it <laughs> onto their fingers and secretly applying it to the taint of the center to get the excess hair out of there so that they can actually oh improve their <laughs> so they can improve their snap time by a thousandth of a second or something like. I hope that exists. And by the oh, way, you God. think I'm gross. This is your fault. You mentioned it, and then I thought of it after that. So this is – you gave me the ingredients to bake this perverted cake, sir. This is your fault. Yeah, but I gave you, like, salt and flour, and you made, like, a dick-shaped cake. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just sprinkled the ingredients. Like, I mean, good Lord, you took that to a whole nother like, nair on their tongue? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the thing is, I have notes here from, like, 2017, like, the second year that we're into this podcast. And I'm like, at some point. I'm going to figure out a way to work in this subreddit where they're talking about each other's, you know, chodes. No, that, uh, that well, just... hey, speaking of that, there was a post on Reddit today. Speaking um, of that. Oh, my God. Well, okay. yeah, no, seriously, this is actually just odd. Um, so like on my lunch break, there's a Reddit uh, on Ask Reddit. It said, what is some weird, weird subreddits out there on Reddit? And there's one called um, Anus Free. Mm. So, so, of course, <laughs> it, you click. It, it, well, of course. I mean, what, even after reading the description. So I guess there is a group of people that have the fetish of spread ash cheeks, uh, but they don't like the uh, crushed spider looking back at them. Right, right. So they, they actually Photoshop the, the um, you know, the Pujols um, looking at them to make it just look like it's a flap of skin. That's the whole subreddit. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, they asked for weird they got it. And you mentioning taints and nair and all that made me think of that because I saw literally today. So, yeah, anus free. That's a fun one. 
so I have questions again. The <laughs> is it is it like a bridge of skin to where the person would it would be impossible for the person to poo, or is it like right. a f- yeah? So it's not like a flap that would you know like like the back They're of your censoring out the uh, no. I get nut. it. Yeah, but I just I wanted to see like how it would actually work from an operation standpoint. I mean, could you unbutton it so to speak, like you would like an old school pair of pajamas where the flap would actually go up, so then you can still do your business right. and then it and then it covers it back down like a steam engine or is it just completely like sorry you don't get to poop yeah i don't know if they've thought about it like scientifically if they're going to actually do this um and <laughs> genetically change these folks i think they just for like masturbatory purposes they <laughs> don't like the butthole so they right. they they shine it up all right so i'm going to need somebody who is on reddit maybe a part of our miami dolphins to go to that reddit again what was that called there chris uh anus free anus free uh r slash anus free and ask the question how does this work from an operations standpoint is it a <laughs> skin flap that covers or is it just a lack oh of butthole and i need it's like to a know. doggy door i guess like yeah you like, know is, I mean? is yeah. it a is it like a blowhole situation where like if it's closed it kind of looks like there's nothing there or is is you know what is it we need to know we're getting so many four star or less <laughs> reviews after this. You can email us at perfectvillepodcast at gmail.com or follow us and let us know on the old Twitter machine at perfectvillepod. This is the type of hard-hitting journalism, (laughs) investigative journalism that you can expect from a podcast like this. Welcome to Perfectville, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we got Josh Rosen under a center. Uh, We're not sure if he has reviewed that center's taint or yet not. Um, or not yet, I guess I should say. We've talked a little bit about Xavier Howard and his new contract. We uh, were very ecstatic about that. Um, what do you make on the other side of the ball, Chris, of, uh, as Brian Flores says, everyone gets a second chance running back out of University of Miami, Mark Walton, uh, signing on to, you know, basically get a tryout for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what do you think of this cat? What do you know about him? I don't know much about him other than he's been arrested 75 times since we started this podcast. <laughs> and uh, I find it funny that he's getting a second chance, even though he was arrested three times with the Cincinnati Bengals last uh, last year. Yeah, it's not like this was something that happened like four years ago, and it just like it, it blew over. Like it was literally last season um, at Miami, at University of Miami. Great running back, him and Travis Homer were good one-two punch together. Uh, good speed, good agility, things like that. Um, so, I mean, if he can keep his nose clean and his hands from being cuffed behind his back, he's a damn good running back and would be really helpful for us, especially with um, you know Gore leaving and us really having a limited backfield, uh, although getting Gaskins uh, in the draft, we did need another body um, for training camp, so I don't really mind it, um, just at least in this time of year. Now, if he makes the 53-man roster and we're counting on this guy, um, I would be worried. I mean, arrested three times last year, to be completely honest, have no idea what the Chargers were. I was not following them. I uh, don't know if they're misdemeanors, like traffic tickets, or if like beat the shit out of somebody. Like I don't know. Um, but at Miami University, of Miami, very good running back. Like I mean, I think he skipped his senior season to go to the draft. And he got third round, I think, from Cincinnati, something like that. Third, fourth, fifth. Um, but yeah, not a good start. But hopefully, it's one of those another chip on your shoulder type guys. But what it does to me, and I'll make it quick. But I think I like that Brian Flores has gone ahead and sent that. Um, SOS or that Morse code out to the rest of the league and incoming free agents and people like that, that, hey, Miami will give you a second chance. You shit on us, you're done. But 
Um, we're not going to be one of those tight cans like, oh, nope, you uh, cheated on a test at Oregon your sophomore year. We won't even look at you. We're going to take you off our draft board. We're not going to do that. So um, I, I do kind of like that, um, that we're giving him a second chance because he could thrive down here. It's his hometown. Uh, he currently faces a felony charge for carrying a concealed weapon along with three misdemeanor charges, which are resisting an officer without violence, marijuana possession, and reckless driving from the March 12th incident, which I think is when he was pulled over uh, and got arrested for marijuana, but also resisted arrest without violence which i don't even know what that looks like <laughs> i mean you're arrested no Excuse i'm not me, sir yeah no you <laughs> i mean i guess i guess kudos for him for being a silent protester but uh i don't know how you get yeah you sit down like crisscross applesauce and they cross his arms yeah, like, I, guess. yeah I don't know what that means non-violently uh, yeah, I guess, as they took the gun away from him, apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he wasn't violent with his gun and pot that he had on him. So, I mean, they're all so was the it part. just one arrest and multiple charges, or was he re- arrested three separate times? I think he was arrested like three separate times, but I, I really don't know. I mean, uh, I've never even heard of the guy. I mean, I don't watch a lot of college football, but I know the main players for the main teams, and the University of Miami is, is, is a main team. I've never heard of this guy. He's five foot nine. Um, I don't think he's got a shot really at making this team. I know we need some camp bodies, and maybe, maybe he, he maybe he makes it. Uh, that's the whole point of this. But I think even if he isn't, um, he even if he does, I guess he, he's gonna be suspended. I would imagine at some point he's gonna have right. to sit down for a game or two just due to the misconduct policy that we have here in the NFL. But I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were. I mean, um, do we have the, the only way I can see him making the team really is if Jakeem Grant's not healed enough to be our full time kick returner. And he can provide something on special teams. But, yeah, he's not going to be – you know, he's, it, Kalen Balazs is not sweating with that guy behind him or anything like that, uh, no. nor is Drake. No, I agree with that. Uh, okay, so Mark Walton, what did we talk about? Xavier Howard, we talked about Josh Rosen and his disgusting fetish of taints. What a weirdo. Uh, we discussed the, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. the number <laughs> – we discussed the number change of Ryan Fitzpatrick from 14 to 5, yet nobody <laughs> even covered that story. That's, again, the kind of stories Breaking that you get fucking here. news. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely right. 100% right. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we jump into the schedule here? I do want to spend a couple of minutes talking about the schedule and how this whole thing shapes up here. Um, any, any any other things about the Miami Dolphins that uh, you would like to commiserate about? I'm good, man. I think we're time to move on to the schedule. All right. So the schedule here. And Sam, uh, before we start, can I pee? Sorry. Yes, you can absolutely pee. I'm not, that- I'm not even drinking. I'm just drinking a lot of water today. Okay, well, why don't you go pee, and uh, we'll edit all of this out. We won't even keep this in the podcast. We yeah, will, right. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have the taint in there. I get the pee. I'll be right back. Okay, well, this is a good time then, as any. I was going to put a commercial break earlier in this podcast, but now that Chris is peeing, uh, now is the time to tell you that this week's episode of Welcome to Perfectville is brought to you by SamMarcu.com. And you're probably wondering to yourself, who the hell is Sam Marcu? Well, that is me, ladies and gentlemen, and that is my website, Sam Marcoux, M-A-R-C-O-U-X dot com. Find out all my touring dates as I am a stand-up comic, and I am quite good at it. You can check out some of the bits that I've done. You can check out some sketches, some skits. You can check out my blog where I compare chips versus other chips and other stupid topics that you probably don't give a shit about. But that's right. You can find all of that and other useless information at sammarcoux.com. Alrighty there, Chris. Uh, it is time to talk about the 2019 Miami Dolphins regular season schedule. As everyone knows, the Miami Dolphins will be playing four preseason games, but I don't give a shit about any of those. I don't think you do either, not until they actually come and go. The only thing we're ever 
ever looking for is to make sure that we don't get injured during those games. So that's kind of boring. I think we play the Falcons and the Buccaneers, and who gives a shit about the other two? Uh, let's get into the actual season. Week one, Sunday, September 8th, 1 p.m. Eastern start at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Chris, Baltimore Ravens, tough team, year in, year out, a team that we cannot ever seem to beat unless we're going 0-16, uh, or at least have the potential to go 0-16, then we can beat them. Uh, what are your thoughts against the Baltimore Ravens week one, starting off the schedule, uh, tough? Oh, definitely tough. I mean, week one, um, nervous head coach, uh, running quarterback that just always gives us fits, uh, i.e. Tyrod, Tyrod, Taylor, Um the only saving grace or chance we have is it being in the home opener and people being a little excited. Um, but, and then possibly Lamar Jackson, just shitting the bed, having a bad game, uh, and us getting into him. Maybe Wilkins gets a lot of pressure up the, uh, up the middle. Um, and we cause some turnovers and bad throws, things like that, but it's absolutely a tough game. The only, another saving grace for us is hopefully we wear all whites and they wear all black or purple and we just dominate them in the September heat. Well, that is something that I think uh, needs to be kept in mind is that we do have some early, early home games in September uh, that uh, you're, you're going to start to see a theme here. Moving on to week two, speaking of themes, this reminds me of the first year that we had Adam Gase where we were on the road against a very tough team, and uh, then we went on the road against a very tough New England Patriots team. This year, a little bit opposite in that we have a home team, another bird team, the Baltimore Ravens, week one. Week two against the New England Patriots at home. Again, a 1 p.m. start, September 15th. The New England Patriots, uh, Brian Flores, facing his old boss, who was his boss for a long time. Um, we have to be careful of this game for obvious reasons, but uh, we also have to be careful of the owner, Bob Kraft, being back in Florida as well, <laughs> where he might be uh, He might be calling handoffs here, left, here, there, and everywhere. So um, what are your thoughts? Week two against the defending, reigning, undisputed Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. There's one of two things here. We either win uh, because there's no Gronkowski. They don't play well in Miami. The Heat, Flores just gets a fluke over his old ball coach. Uh, Brady finally starts looking his age. That's one way it goes. The other way it goes is they fucking obliterate us 45 to 10 and just humble Flores, humble the team, humble the head crowd, uh, home crowd, and just, you know, Tom Brady just eats our shit um, for lunch. So it's one or two ways. I uh, we're, we're not close enough yet after training camp and uh, free agent moves and things like that to really put a number on it, like which you're not asking. But this game is just – it has a huge, gigantic Riddler's question mark all over it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, although I think the latter is probably more uh, more yeah. <laughs> going to happen than the former. I mean, Bill Belichick loves to rub it in on assistants that leave. He doesn't like people leaving the nest. He doesn't like people going to other AFC East teams. And when they do, he takes every opportunity he can to rub it in their faces as to why they left and how why they should have stayed with him. I think this is no different, especially with us being a rebuilding franchise, the Patriots looking to win again. I think he's going to take every opportunity he possibly can uh, to try to uh, push Brian Flores down uh, underground here on this game. So week three, we finally go on the road Sunday, September 22nd, again, a 1 p.m. start at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, ah, you know, they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team to me. I don't think they're world beaters. I don't think they're a bad team necessarily. Uh, They're at home. The Miami Dolphins are going to be coming off of two very tough games. Now they're coming to a game, uh, to a stadium um, that has a distinct home field advantage for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe not as strong as an opponent as the first two, but you're on the road. Bobby Dolphins week three against the Dallas Cowboys, Chris. 
Um, yeah, this one is just another just kind of toss. I mean, all these are gonna be really toss ups because the team is just in rebuilding mode, but we do have talent. I mean, I just I could see us having a game where we win where it doesn't seem like we're supposed to, like when we beat the Steelers uh, our playoff season. In the regular season, it just we showed up on the road and just looked ridiculous. It was unreal. Um, but uh, yeah, them at home is a whole other beast. Uh, Witten is randomly back, so that's gonna be odd to see. Yeah, that's very uh, odd. But it's cool too because we don't really play the Cowboys often. We definitely don't play in Dallas often. We have a lot of young guys, so it's gonna be cool to see, um, you know, their reaction if they step up to the plate in Jerry's world and and play a big game, um, or just kind of get smashed. But I can see them also overlooking us. I th- I'm gonna see. I can see a lot of teams this year overlooking us um, because the national narrative is the tank for Tua, the um, rebuilding mode, and things like that. Where um, if you actually look at it and know this team, we're, I, I don't know if we're gonna be as bad as everybody assumes. So when they look at it especially early on in the season um and i assume they probably start with a divisional game or two in the beginning of their schedule i can see us very well being overlooked especially if they're playing like the eagles of the next week or something like that oh that's a very good point i mean one thing that we aren't doing here is we're not looking at the schedule of the other teams and who they're playing before and after uh the miami dolphins we're strictly looking at the miami Dolphins schedule so there are some other factors that we are not taking into account right now when we're taking a look at this and we're not even we're not even predicting whether they're winning or losing here we're just kind of taking a look at the schedule how it's constructed uh which is why i'm giving you the dates of when they're playing where they're playing who they're playing etc etc so i just looked it up while you said that because it is pretty interesting uh for them week one is the giants then they're at the redskins then they're home with us and then they're at the saints Okay, so they've got a lot so, of an early, early NFC. Yeah, uh, they could totally matchups. be overlooking us. They got the Saints and Packers after us. So, um, yeah, that's another factor for sure that um, definitely needs to be in play because a we're we have no target on our back. You know, we're we're gonna be that bad team. This is exactly the same thing ha- happened when we went one in fifteen. The next season, I mean, every team circled us as an instant win, yeah. uh, and we went eleven and five. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying mentality of a football game. Are they going to get amped up and hype for the lowly Miami Dolphins coming into town? Well, I'm not sure, and that actually takes me to my next point. One of the guy, one of the teams that I think we could surprise here is Week Four, Sunday, September 29th, 1 p.m. What yet again? Four four weeks in a row of a 1 p.m. start here. Three of those games at home. This one being against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, West Coast teams when they travel to the East Coast mm. traditionally do not do well. Also, keep in mind that our record against the Chargers, especially recently, seems like we just beat the shit out of them every single yes. time. Um, not not meaning that we beat them 45 to 10 or, or anything like that, but we just seem to beat them. We seem to get by them, kind of like how the Ravens and the Texans always get by us. We seem to always get by the Chargers. Um, they're coming to the to the East Coast here. Again, a home game in September. We could put them in those dark blues that they've got going on. We could be in our home whites. We should probably be in our home whites pretty much throughout all of September here. Um, what are your thoughts quickly on the Chargers coming East week four against the Miami Dolphins? Rashad Jones owns Philip Rivers so much he's legally adopted four of his 15 kids <laughs> so we have a really good shot I mean like seriously Akigo Alonso Rashad Jones uh, Philip Rivers has nightmares about these guys they have to travel the east coast it's gonna be deathly hot at the end of September hell yeah I can definitely see that being a victory yeah now week five regardless I'm gonna go out on a limb here the Miami Dolphins will not lose week five and of course that is because it is a bye week uh, which puts us into week six against the Washington Redskins a team you just talked about with relation to the Dallas Cowboys boys a team that is playing in Miami week six so again 
Five of the first six games for the Miami Dolphins are in Miami, uh, which sounds great right now, but we're going to pay for this price later down the road. (laughs) Um, But week six, the Miami Dolphins playing the Washington Redskins on October 13th. That is my birthday. Again, a 1 p.m. start. The Miami Dolphins very rarely, if ever. In fact, I should probably look it up. I want to see how often the Miami Dolphins win that week, my birthday week, because it seems like they seem to win every single time. The last time they played the Redskins, if I'm not mistaken, we actually won based on a punt return by Jarvis. Landry, yep. uh, which started, yeah, it started a couple years ago. Uh, it was opening week. Um, your thoughts again with the Washington Redskins coming to Miami uh, in mid October? Yeah, interesting game. Um, uh, rookie quarterback will be starting most likely. Haskins. Uh, the narrative for this one is we passed on him um, for Wilkins, so that's going to be interesting. They have uh, Geis coming off of an injury. He was a stud running back from LSU last year, their first or second round pick. I mean, that guy's a stud. Uh, they also drafted the running back this year. Uh, I think out of Wisconsin or Washington, one of the good running backs, uh, or maybe Stanford, Bryce Love. I don't know. Um, He might not be playing this year, though. But, yeah, the Redskins are a crapshoot. I have no idea about that team. Do not follow them and their racist name. Um, Haskins, the rookie quarterback, that's the only really – the real narrative. It'll be – our, our defense tackle against their quarterback. That's really what it's going to be. It's going to probably be a Josh Rosen versus Haskins um, narrative, if, if that's even what they want to talk mm. about. We're probably going to get the C team when it comes to uh, uh, whoever's covering that for Fox, I believe. Uh, week seven, we go on the road. This starts uh, a string of road games for us. But if you have to go on the road to the Buffalo Bills, which is who they're up against in week seven, you want to do it in October, where there's not going to be snow on the ground, where the weather should still be fairly you know okay. So we've got the Buffalo Bills at 1 p.m. Sunday, October 20th, Week 7, uh, AFC East rival, um, a team that's looking to come up against the New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, and New England Patriots. They've got themselves a second-year quarterback. We have ourselves a second-year quarterback. Their quarterback's name is Josh. Our quarterback's name is Josh. Both of our teams are terrible. Uh, what say you about the Dolphins-Bills matchup Week 7? I mean, both drafted defensive tackles in the first round this year. Um, yeah, that just like the week prior was your birthday, this week will actually be on my wedding anniversary. So I will say hopefully that's a win because I fucking hate the Bills and their yeah. stupid mascot. They, they do have a stupid <laughs> mascot. And again, if you haven't listened to the last episode of Perfectville, you can hear all about it when Chris Colin rants and raves about the Buffalo Bills having a buffalo on the side of their helmet. Week 8, speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you mentioned a surprise win that we had against them a couple of years ago. We are going to Pittsburgh Monday night, October 28th. So this is the first time that we're not going to be on Sunday at 1 p.m. this season. It is a Monday night affair for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Miami Dolphins on ESPN, 8.15 Eastern time. Uh, this is a scary matchup to me. You know, end of October, Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. We don't seem to, other than when you talked about that game here a couple weeks ago, or a couple years ago, we don't seem to beat the Steelers very often. Seems like we play them close, but they seem to squeak by, uh, whether it's because they're better than us or because the uh, refs help them in some cases. Cough, cough, Ben Roethlisberger fumbling and then somehow getting the ball back and being able to run it in for a touchdown. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Steelers late October? Oh, we're going to lose this game in embarrassing fashion. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that's it. National TV game, our only one. It's going to be uh, uh, probably go to bed early and just go to work the next day pissed off. That's one of those games. And uh, speaking of pissed off, the next string of games is probably going to piss off the Miami Dolphins or has the potential to piss off the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins, I should say. Week nine, we come back home November 3rd, 1 p.m. Eastern against the New York 
Gase's uh, New York <laughs> Jets, Adam Gase, now the general manager, head coach, starting quarterback, owner, and you know, only fan left. Adam Gase and the New York Jets come to Miami. It's a homecoming for Adam Gase. Uh, very much like Bill Belichick trying to rub it in on former assistants leaving, I have a feeling that this game is going to be, shall we say, creative on the offensive side for the New York Jets coming to the Miami Dolphins. Again, second-year quarterback. At this point, I'm assuming Josh Rosen will be our starting quarterback. Uh, what do you think about the Jets and Adam Gase coming to Miami for the first time? Uh, what do you think that reception is going to be like from the Miami Dolphins when he, uh, <laughs> when he walks out? You know, he's going to get booed so bad, but he's also going to try to rub nair on every single one of our football coaches. <laughs> and like Le'Veon Bell is going to play safety. Um, Sam Darnold's going to catch a touchdown pass. They'll probably sign Ryan Tannehill randomly, and he'll play receiver and score three touchdowns against us. And he'll kick an onside kick up 40 with 30 seconds left. He's going to do all of that, and it's going to be uh, – disgustingly glorious to be pissed at but i'm gonna watch it well, considering how his eyes move no wonder he's a good <laughs> offensive genius he can see the entire field without ever having to move his head it's insane uh the week after that we travel to the indianapolis colts a former afc east rival uh the, the game isn't really as much as it used to be uh back when they were in the division but uh, i always still get amped a little bit about the colts uh again uh, this one's actually a late game on a sunday november 10th 1 p.m uh i'm sorry uh a 4 p.m. game, 1 p.m. for me here on the West Coast against the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck on CBS at Indianapolis. What are your quick thoughts on that one? Mm, we'll probably lose, but it'll be a close game. <laughs> well, I remember as a kid, I, I remember as a kid, I was probably like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say 12 years old, and I spent the night at my buddy's house, and I woke up in the morning Sunday. He wasn't a big football fan, but of course I was, and we were playing the Colts. And somebody can look this up. It was it was probably the the uh, the, the late 90s, mid to late 90s. And uh, I go, oh, I wonder, I wonder if we're winning. And they were still in our division at the time. And I just, I turn on the TV, and there's a scroll, and it was like the fourth quarter. And I swear to God, the Colts were winning like forty-eight to three. And I was just like, holy shit! I am so glad I didn't watch that one. As an adult, that game would have probably been one of the things that makes me kick my dog. Uh, but as a as a child, I had other distractions. Right, we went outside and like swam or whatever it is we did. But I still to this day remember that it scarred me for life. Turning it on, and the first thing I see without even having to search it. Is Colts, you know, fist pounding the the Miami Dolphins up the anus hole. Um, I think to three. I, I think my worst Colts memory is when we had uh, a national TV. I think they had like two minutes time of possession. Yes, and, and still won because Channing Crowder got like beat on like a simple wheel route. Uh, and Peyton Manning just drove them down the field the first time they got the ball, like since the first quarter, and they ended up winning the game. Like, what a fucking joke, man! Oh my god, the stuff that we have lived through—it's unbelievable. Yeah, that was, that was an impressive game all the way till the end. You're like, man, we dominated everything. How did we lose? <laughs> That's exactly that what you're supposed to do: keep Peyton Manning off the field. Blah blah blah. Turn the clock. Yep, still lost. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. It was like Jordan in his prime at that point. Now, uh, moving on, su Sunday, November 17th, 1 p.m., the Buffalo Bills once again pop back into our lives. So we've got Jets, Colts, Bills. We have an AFC East little run here. They come to Miami. Um, at this point, uh, what are your thoughts again with the Buffalo Bills coming back, uh, back around here, second time this season, this time in Miami? Um, yeah, just another divisional game. So really, that's a that's a crapshoot. I mean, even in your worst years, you could uh, you can beat or lose in your best years to your divisional rival. So home game, depending on what our record looks like at that point. Hopefully, we have a little bit of a round, uh, raucous crowd because they they travel well. Um, but yeah, that's just really a toss up when it comes to the division. Well, and we are talking about division games. Uh, week twelve, we are out of our division. We are actually out of Miami. We head to Cleveland. That's right, the Cleveland Ugh. Browns. 
on a Sunday, November 24th, 1 p.m. start. Uh, this is the welcome back Jarvis Landry or welcome back Miami Dolphins since we will be in Cleveland. We've got Jarvis Juice Landry. We've got uh, Odell Beckham Jr. We've got uh, Baker Mayfield. We've got uh, Kareem Hunt. They've got a lot of talent on offense. Uh, all of a sudden, the Cleveland Browns looking like the team that uh, is going to be favored in this game against the Miami Dolphins. How do you see this one playing out? At least three fights. Okay. <laughs> with Jarvis Landry trying to ear hole like Kiko Alonso or something. Oh, uh, I want to see. Ooh, yeah. I didn't think about <laughs> yeah. that. That's all I can think of. It's just like that's going to be, you know, Kiko and his like infant sized jersey running after him. Kenyon Drake might run out and like, you know, ride on the back of Jarvis Landry because they're friends. Like, who knows? It's going to be a shit show and it's going to be disgusting. Almost uh, what thinks around Thanksgiving in horrible Cleveland. They might be like, you know, on pace to possibly go to the playoffs. So they'll be fucking retarded in the crowd, like just going nuts. So, yeah, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a scrappy ass game. I can see it being like a 17 14 game with uh, the Browns obviously winning. But um, <laughs> like that's that's how I see it. I could see that. I could see Jarvis Landry and Kiko Alonso going head-to-head, kind of like Andre Risen and Deion Sanders way back in the day. And then out of nowhere, Odell Beckham comes up and just like scratches Kiko on his exposed back due to that mini jersey with his nails. And uh, all of a sudden, Kiko's out because he's got hep C or whatever the fuck happens uh, when dirty nails get on his back. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch just for the spectacle alone. That's a good point. I forgot about the fact that we've got Kiko and Jarvis on opposite sides of the field now. They can actually hit each other legally. This is going to be fun. Uh, week three. 13 we get into december we're playing the philadelphia eagles thankfully in miami 1 p.m start again uh this is the philadelphia eagles team that two years ago beat the shit out of the patriots in the super bowl and they did it with nothing but miami dolphins former miami dolphins players and coaches and everything else Uh, i don't hate the philadelphia eagles they've always been one of my top five favorite teams for a number of reasons um mainly randall cunningham and ace ventura pet detective but that aside they're going to be our rival this week uh what do you think about the philadelphia eagles coming to miami to play the Miami Dolphins in December. Oh, we're winning this game because uh, it's late in the season. Carson Wentz will be out for the year at this point. Um, <laughs> and they'll probably have Ron Jaworski playing quarterback uh, because they tra- they got rid of Nick Foles. So uh, who knows who they tried out there? Maybe Jimmy Clausen and we'll win the game. It's at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, at this point of the season, uh, Carson Wentz will have to be on the road for Survivor Series as his alter ego, Sammy Zayn. <laughs> So, <laughs> he does look like Sammy Zayn. Oh my god, dead ringer. Um, no, I, I could see us winning this game. I could see us losing this game. How's that for a fence sitting act answer there, citizens <laughs> of Perfectville? Um, moving on to Week 14. Here they come again. This is an interesting stretch as well, here, Chris. We play the New York Jets in New Jersey Sunday, December 8th at 1 p.m. And then Week 15. I'm going to couple these. We play the New York Giants in New Jersey on the 15th of December at 1 p.m. How do you see these two games going back-to-back, and do the Miami Dolphins do what I consider to be the smart thing and just stay up there for the week and just get acclimated to that weather, that December, New York you know, time frame? Do they just stay there for the week, or do they go home and try to travel back and, and really cut their own throats in doing so? No, you just mentioned uh, hepatitis, so no, you don't stay in New Jersey for over a week. Um, you definitely go back home and then go back. Um, flights are like an hour and a half long. No, no, I can see him staying for sure. That makes sense, uh, especially with the weather. Uh, the Jets game, another crapshoot. Adam Gase maybe will be fired by then. Who knows? Um, the Giants game, this is interesting, more interesting to me, honestly. Uh, this could be a game for like the number one pick. Um, the Giants. Oh, oh goody. <laughs> 
I know. Uh, I'm, whew, I'm excited. Uh, December New Jersey game for uh, the number one pick um, with only two games left with the, bringing up the rear with the Bengals and the uh, at the Patriots. So, yeah, um, this, it's, it's going to be an interesting stretch if we stay in New York, see what Flores does. Um, are we in the hunt for the number one pick? Uh, things like that. So uh, at this point in the season, really what I'm hoping is Rosen showing showed at this point that he's definitely somebody to build on. And if we do look to have that pick, we can either take um, the best player available not that's not Tua uh, or trade down to five and get just like a shit ton of picks in 2021. Uh, who knows? The options are endless. But at this point in the season, it's going to be very interesting to see where we are because that is a, just a nasty stretch of games, I, I both, both geographically and because they could be good. Personally, I hope that Kyler Murray gets hurt and then the Cardinals trade <laughs> back for Josh first. Rosen. <laughs> but we get, we get a, a first. We get a first out of it. Yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. You're right, though. Daniel Jones will probably be uh, somewhere in this game. I can't imagine Eli Manning is going to be still in one piece by week 15 behind that atrocious line. Um, and the New York Giants are going to be terrible. So it very well could be a battle for who's going to pick first. Um, although with all that quarterback talent next year and, and the fact that the – it doesn't matter if the Dolphins pick one or two. Maybe if they fall in love with one over the other. But at this point, I mean, it's like pick your poison. You can get one or the other. But uh, something to look forward to in December. See, December football might matter for the Miami Dolphins this Ooh. year. Ladies and gentlemen, we might be going for that number one pick. Uh, speaking of um, criminals, I guess we weren't, but perhaps we should. Because the Cincinnati Bengals are coming to Miami uh, week 16, our last home game. Uh, three days before Christmas, which is a gift in itself and that they won't be ruining our Christmas on Christmas Day. Finally. Oh, this that's is, horrible. This is a Sunday game again at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you haven't seen the theme here yet, we were playing a lot of games, uh, early games on Sunday. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe they can uh, maybe they can actually bring us uh, all the warrants that are out for Mark Walters. <laughs> So we could just have it on file for this game. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, I honestly forgot that they were a football team here, Chris. Uh, I really don't give a shit about this game. This will be a game that I probably don't even watch, if I'm if I'm being honest. Uh, what do you think about the Bengals playing the Miami Dolphins? You host the Dolphins podcast. I'm probably not going to watch this game. I have better things to do on a one, at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. I absolutely do. And the best part about it is I'll be on here talking about the game like I actually watched oh, it. Yeah. When, I'll be like, happens. Sam, how about that play in the third quarter when that lineman pulled? Older, you'd be like, Chris, I was totally asleep on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I, I had. I thought it was great, and you're like, they didn't even play. They didn't even, they didn't even play a third quarter. The game was suspended at halftime due to a hurricane. I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. You got me. Um, Honestly, uh, you- I hope that we win this game only for the pure fact that people in Cincinnati put chili on spaghetti noodles. Like, that's Ew. the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Ew, that's disgusting, and I'm going to try it immediately here tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right after I get off the no anus subreddit that Chris introduced <laughs> me to. <laughs> Now, see, don't go to that one. That's not the right one. You never know what you're walking into oh, on Reddit. Yeah, uh, anus free. Yeah, yeah. No. And you don't you don't want to be anus free if you're eating chili and spaghetti either. Oh yeah, matter. no I mean, way. Can you imagine like all of a sudden you eat all that and you're like oh time to take care of business and then you, and poof your your anus is gone and you just fill up with all of that chili shit. That would be terrible. All right, uh, week seventeen, the last the last of the bad season. Hopefully, uh, will be us at New England on uh, the 29th. At 1 p.m., 29th of December, that is, uh, playing against an undefeated New England Patriots team that's going to win their 87th Super Bowl title in a row, uh, where Tom Brady will. You know what? If I hope, I really hope, I'm going to digress here. That anus free subreddit has a picture of Tom Brady's face, <laughs> and it's just they censored his butt chin. There's a skin flap over his anus face. Yeah. 
That's that's what I think about this Look, game. I'm going to make a ridiculous prediction on this game because it's fucking May, uh, and this is the last game of the season. <laughs> um, I, I could see us ready because this is this is how our, our our life goes. And if it doesn't go this way, it shows that the football gods are finally changing their tune. But if it does go this way, you can just tell it's been decades of just horribleness of uh, being a Dolphins fan. But I could see us needing to lose that game for the number one pick and the Patriots having the um, – uh, playoffs like lockdown and them resting all of their starters just so we win and don't get the number one overall pick. Like I, I can totally see that. <laughs> I can absolutely see that happening. Here, here's like, the... Oh no, here's like, you know, Brian Flores's cousin to play football and he thinks it's soccer and like they, they still run him out there to start at quarterback. Here's the problem with that theory. Even if they play nothing but backups, they're still beating us 23 to 10. Probably. Like it, it's not going to help. They're going to win. Uh, all right. Well, there's your season. As you can tell, Chris and I are very optimistic about our our, uh, our immediate future here for the Miami Dolphins in 2019. Uh, any trends, any any game on here, Chris? What's the one game that if you're like, okay, I have to watch this game more than any other, uh, what game? Is it is it an AFC East game? Is it a... Is it a non-AFC opponent? Is there a game here that you're just like, I'm circling that and I need to watch that game? Um, I think there's a couple. I, I really uh, – just the Cowboys because you don't play them often. And it, yeah. it, at, at, at that stadium, it does have a different feel to it, um, no doubt about it. But I think to me, honestly, um, the Gase games are kind of interesting. But the one that sticks out to me the most is that Browns game. Uh, like yeah. they are like – they. Just from watching Hard Knocks last year, seeing them turn that franchise around, I do like Baker Mayfield a lot. Like his swagger and stuff is just badass. I love seeing him play football. So it's going to be one of those games where I'm like, well, here we go. We're either getting our ship pushed in and we're going to enjoy it or we're going to to be a scrappy game. They, they might like cancel the game in the middle just because of all the fighting because I can just see Jarvis Landry just really for some reason because he might even just make up something because Gase isn't even there anymore, but he can make up a reason to get mad and cause of a fight because can. maybe that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about the image and things like that and, and then Odell will just be right next to him ready to do it like scrappy do. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah, here are, the, here are the three games. I'm going to give you four games that I'm looking forward to, and I'll do it in order. I love that Dallas Cowboys game for all the reasons you just said. You know, whether you like the Cowboys or don't, none of us do. Uh, they are you know, America's team. They have that national presence, that stadium in Dallas, you know, the home of football, if you want to call it that. Uh, as, a, as a non-conference game, um, I'm looking forward to that one. I think that should be a lot of fun. I'm also looking forward to the Washington Redskins in Miami, and mainly because it is my birthday. I think that would be a lot of fun to watch them beat the Redskins on my birthday. Uh, the first Jets game, that first <laughs> Jets game that we're going to have here, uh, which is what, week week nine? When Adam Gase shows up in early November, I, I cannot wait. I wish I could be at that game. and If I can make it to that game, I'm going to. I want to be there to hear when they show Adam Gase's stupid fucking face on the screen. Just hear the boos that are going to come raining down like Hurricane Miami Dolphin because that's going to be a lot of fun just to experience that. And then, of course, that Cleveland Browns game. I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see the banter back and forth. I had not thought of the Kiko Alonso. Jarvis Landry. Um, I also, speaking of Xavier Howard, lining him up against either Jarvis and or Odell Beckham. What do you do? How do you strategically put that out there? But Rashad Jones, Mika Fitzpatrick, and Xavier Howard against Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. That should be a fun matchup. I, I look forward to seeing that, you know, that little mini chess match inside of the larger game there. Those are my four games that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and that's one guy that wasn't mentioned either, but I could totally see Jarvis. 
nervous and Rashad Jones getting bickering back and forth in practice. And now you're bringing it to the, the, the big show, you know, Rashad, the veteran and stuff. And maybe he had to uh, try to humble Jarvis a couple of times in practice, but he couldn't really do it too much. And now all of a sudden you're on, you're in Cleveland and that crowd's going to be right behind it. It's going to be like an MMA, MMA fight. Now watch it probably be the most peaceful, like handshaking yeah. game ever in sportsmanship where they literally like, you know, hold hands after the game and shake hands at midfield. But if it's anything like I'm imagining, it's going to be amped up. It's going to be dialed up to 11 for sure. Well, there's your schedule, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not going to hold you to this, Chris, but uh, just looking at that, talking about all those games and the different matchups and individual performances that we're looking forward to, what's your gut tell you about the record for the Miami Dolphins in 2019? Between four and six wins. Yeah, I, I have four and 12. That's kind of what my yeah. gut's telling me as well. It's four and 12, uh, and we're going to be up there, if not number one, pretty close to number one. I think we have the assets to trade up and go get whatever quarterback or whatever player we want if we need to go get number one. I do think we'll learn a little bit about some of the young talent. I do think, without them even saying it, that we will be rebuilding. But I think we'll get a win early. I think we'll surprise some teams some somewhere in those first four weeks. We'll get a surprise win. We'll get a couple throughout and uh, somewhere late there. Somewhere late. We'll get two well, right and there in the middle. Here's Here's the wild card for me. We keep talking about Josh Rosen, but if Ryan Fitzpatrick does start, you got to remember he played for the Bills and played for the Jets, and he's played against the Patriots multiple, multiple times. You could, just like it happens to us, see him going to try to beat his former team and being that wild card where he just has four touchdowns against the Jets and then like, you know, three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown against the Bills to go crazy on the road. Like those guys step up and, and all of a sudden we sneak out four wins we weren't expecting. And then, like you said, surprise the Cowboys and the Chargers. All of a sudden we have six wins and we're picking 11th again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I'm not worried about the amount of wins. I mean, I don't want to go seven and nine ever, 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 ever again. But if we do, we have the assets to move up and go get who we want. I mean, I, that's where I'll give Chris Greer and, and this entire front office a lot of respect is that the way they played this draft. Yes, we didn't. I don't think we, we, we have an A draft, but we've got a lot of picks and we're not going to win a lot of games. So we have the ability to move up and down that draft board next week, next year. We just will. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And so I'm not really worried about that um, as much as I think the reality is we're just not going to be very good. Um, we're just going to have to learn about some of the individual performances and see where they fit in long term. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I forget about the Ryan Fitzpatrick effect is that Fitzmagic might be sprinkled on a couple of these games. So that could be a lot of fun to watch as well. Um, Chris, anything else about the schedule before we uh, we get to the news roundup here? That's it, man. It looks uh, like it's going to be a fun season, good or bad. <laughs> well, like I said a couple couple months back when we got Ryan Fitzpatrick, it might not be a good season. It might not be a fun season, but it will be an entertaining season. And that's why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. It's sports. It's football. It's Perfectville. We're just here to entertain. And with that, we'll just finish off this episode of Perfectville with a little bit of a news roundup. It's a new thing that we'll probably drop in two weeks because I get bored with it. Uh, but it's where we just kind of talk about whatever's going on in the news, anything sports-related. Chris, why don't you go ahead and fire this off and give everybody an example of what we are talking about all right sam yeah so let's change things up completely but keeping things in the one little word you said at the end there and you said entertainment uh one thing that uh, we are known for here as well as being drunkards and miami dolphins fans is that we are pro wrestling fans you actually were a pro wrestler you've done mc work like in a ring um like we are big huge wrestling fans um there is something brewing that hasn't happened in 18 years sam and it's a big deal i think it's a huge deal because competition breeds better product for the consumer so um there is a new organization called the aew 
it is uh, just announced today or yesterday uh, that they will be airing their weekly episodic wrestling program on TNT, the former mm-hmm. home of WWE, WWF's longtime rival, the WCW. Turner is back in the wrestling game. These guys are backed by the Young Bucks. Uh, the owners of the Jaguar Sun is like the main uh, money coming into this. They really want to take on uh, the American market. They brought over guys like Kenny Omega from New Japan. Um, Chris Jericho, as you mentioned earlier, is going to be a big part of this organization. What do you think? Is this a good thing, bad thing? For us, I think it's a good thing. I want to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, it's all at the end of the day, it's going to be what their actual content is, right? I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually present. Um, All Elite Wrestling uh, is is really run by Cody Rhodes, uh, who is Dusty Rhodes' son. Yeah, how did I not mention him? (laughs) Yeah, you know, but they they, they got a lot of good wrestling talent. They have the actual, they have the ability to make good content if you like watching professional wrestling. Uh, The fact that they're on TNT, which was the, uh, as you mentioned, the home of WCW Monday Nitro, which was the flagship flagship show for the wcw that went up against the wwe way back in the, the monday night wars uh just proves that matthew mcconaughey is right and that time is a flat circle uh <laughs> that we'll just continue to do this over and over and over again i can tell you this the wwe is definitely aware of this um there's something called starcast that's run by conrad thompson who is a big podcaster who's got a lot of ties to aew but he has an event there he was putting on all these different events all these different shows actually landed the undertaker to show up uh, until the WWE started uh, pulling all these strings and pulled The Undertaker out and started mm. um, basically pro- producing some of these live shows that he's going to do at, at, uh, with AEW and start putting them on the network here over the last couple of weeks. So you're already starting to see the WWE creative juices flow because they're starting to see that there's a billionaire out there that's, that has the money, that has a TV presence, that has talent, that could potentially uh, cut into their, you know, in, into their market a little bit. So it is exciting, and you're right. Competition does breed you know, a better form of product for everybody involved. Now, here's where they could go wrong. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be on Monday night or not. I don't know if they should be on Monday night or not. They might need to just seed that and go, you know what, we're going to go to Tuesdays, and here's why. SmackDown in the fall will be moving to Fridays. There's a built-in audience now for people to watch wrestling on Tuesdays. So if they're smart, I think AEW should plop down and just start doing shows on Tuesdays if that's what they're going to do because I think you can actually pull in some of that residual wrestling market. People are looking for wrestling on Tuesdays. That could be a lot of fun. It also allows them to react to whatever's happening on Monday and maybe counter-program a little bit um, because they'll have that information available to them as to what was put out there by the competition the night before. I also think they need to do something. I'm expecting them to to visually look different, Chris. If they mm. come out with a ramp and a titantron and a squared circle, it's going to fail. It will 100% fail after the, the, the newness wears off. They need to present this somehow differently, yet stick to the roots of what professional wrestling is. So I agree with you. I'm excited about it. I don't know more about it, and that's by design. I think we're going to see... Um, I think we're going to see... Um, Punk, I think we're going to see somebody show up on that first episode that uh, maybe people aren't thinking about. Then that'll be a lot of fun as well. Oh yeah, that'd be huge. So Sam, that's mine uh, for the uh, for the contest. What about what say you? 
Well, I uh, I don't know if you've been following a lot of baseball this year because you are a Marlins fan, which means you haven't seen a lot of good no. baseball being played. <laughs> uh, but the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dodgers are once again uh, pretty much the apple of everybody's eye here for the National League. Uh, what are your thoughts on baseball just in general? We're about a month into the season. If you have been watching a little bit of it, what are your takes? Some of the teams that were supposed to be good, like the Boston Red Sox, are just not. Uh, they're, they're just now getting their legs from underneath them. The Marlins started off super, super hot and have now become one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on baseball in general as a collective? Uh, well, yeah, the Marlins, uh, obviously, uh, they're trying to do the right thing and build this thing up, but uh, they're, like, historically bad, <laughs> like, really could be historically bad. I know that Bryce Harper, last I looked, was kind of struggling mm-hmm. with the Phillies after signing that huge deal. Um, as you mentioned, you know, the Red Sox not doing as well. Obviously, I look at things like because the whole – Major League Baseball is former Marlins that had great um, that could have been great for us, but we let them go elsewhere. Kristen Yelich, yeah, is incredible. I I love that guy. I loved him when he was with uh, Miami. I really wish that team with um, um, Stanton and, and him and Justin Bohr, uh We get rid of um, the catcher. Uh, Real Muto, who is one of the best catchers in the league. He's fast. He can throw. He can hit. Uh, the kid's just nuts. And not only that, we let him go to the division. So it's been pretty salty. I kind of wrote off baseball just because of that. Um, of the Marlins, I'm sick of them being the farm league for the rest of Major League Baseball. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been keeping tabs on some of those things. But um, those couple no-hitters, almost back-to-back, it, it is almost unheard of. That's insane. Yeah, by the same guy too, and I've, I'm wondering yeah. if anybody's ever thrown two no hitters consecutively, and you know, in starts, that would be pretty cool if somebody has done that. Uh, Chris, your turn for the news roundup. All right, well, real quick, but we mentioned it earlier, so but I got we got to talk about this a little bit. It's not Miami Dolphins, but it is football, dude. Adam Gase is the general manager of the New York Jets, but they've done it in hilarious fashion. They let their general manager pay Le'Veon Bell all this money. They let him do the draft. They let him scout, sign free agents. Now we're in a dead period between like OTA starting and training camp, and they fire the general manager. And I lost my shit when I started seeing the then subtweets that um, the Jets have named Adam Gase the interim general manager. When he, if you remember, left Miami and said, well, I didn't ask for that. They just gave me the reins for personnel. I didn't really want it. And then if you look again and see um, that the rumors coming out that he didn't want to sign Le'Veon Bell to a lot of money. He didn't believe in paying a running back a lot of money. And we already know the issues he had with Jay Ajayi with Kenyon Drake saying he will demand a trade if Gase is still our coach. What is Le'Veon Bell thinking right now? What are the Jets thinking? This is beautiful. This is one of the biggest self-destruct acts I have ever seen in sports. And if they're able – kudos to the Jets if they're able to keep this shit together for at least one season. I will give the Jets credit if this does not turn out to be the biggest shit show of all time. Because – I wasn't as surprised about the general manager being fired because sometimes you see that with scouts, right? Like you'll see them. They've done all this work all year long. They're going to keep them through the draft because they have all of that, um, all of that information, right? They have all of the scouting. So scouting departments oftentimes will be flushed out after a draft. That's not unheard of. What's unheard of is that Adam Gase 
just came off of uh, what has to be considered a disastrous head coaching run for the Miami Dolphins, considering all the hype that was around him, especially after that first season. He was fighting with the general manager. He's fighting with Mike Tannenbaum. He's fighting with his quarterbacks. He's fighting with the media, and he's ultimately fighting with the owner, the guy who hired him and ultimately fired him and told him that you don't know shit about football. I'm the only person in here that really knows anything about football. So what do the Jets do? They go and hire that guy who turns out to be Turns out he was the locker room cancer. It wasn't Jay Ajayi. It wasn't Jarvis Landry. It was Adam Gase. He was the problem. So the Jets go ahead and inject themselves with that poison. And then on top of that, within a matter of months, allow him to completely overtake that, what you would consider a healthy body, with cancerous cells. And they get rid of the general manager. They get rid of everyone else and basically give the keys to the castle to Adam Gase. And this is by design. The owner is allowing him to do this. And then everything else that comes out on top of that. So now you have this guy who... One of the biggest things that we had was that he needed to focus on offense, um, but he also needs to focus on defense, and he couldn't allow himself to do that. So now you're asking a guy who has a hard time seeing the big picture to not only focus on offense, he's hired his entire staff, he's going to have to focus on defense and do you know administrative work as the general manager. Like He's running the whole show. This is unbelievable. Even though he can see everything at the same time, that doesn't mean he can concentrate on anything. Um, this is going to be a disaster, and it's not going to take long before Le'Veon Bell, if it hasn't already happened, to publicly speak out against Adam Gase. It's just going to happen, and oh, I cannot yeah. wait for it. I cannot wait for it. This is going to be one of the fun. This is going to be more entertaining than the Miami Dolphins Cleveland Browns game. Like the, just watching oh, the New York sure. Jets devolve uh, as an entity. Um, again, if they can keep this together for an entire season, I would be shocked. I've tweeted Jet fans already and said. Just wait until Le'Veon Bell gets six carries uh, when you're oh, yeah. up by 10 points and instead Darnold's throwing it 15 times and you've got Le'Veon freaking Bell and you're not using him and you're paying him all this money. Like, just wait till that starts happening. And then he does the stupid itch under his chin thing with, like, the clipboard under his, show, his arm. He's not even really writing on the sideline. Like, yeah. he's a meme goldmine. Like, and now finally it won't be for us. It's going to be great to revel on that. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, it's going to be funny because Le'Veon Bell's going to go to Greg Williams and say, can you put a hit out on Adam Gase for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just going to be a problem. Is it Bounty Gate if it's Coach V Coach? Uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's just going to be – It's. It, uh, I'm going to be shocked. I have already said it. Like, I'm dumbfounded that the Jets made this move. I, I can't imagine what Adam Gase has on the owner uh, or, or the owners of the New York Jets to, 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 to grab this much power after everything that came out from the Miami Dolphins after they get rid of Adam Gase as to how he was just a power-hungry, awful, you know, mismanaged executive, essentially, for the Miami Dolphins. This is – it's just unbelievable to me. Yeah, the only thing I can see this thing shaking out differently is if Gase – seriously wanted someone else and he had them in mind and that person gets brought in almost immediately um and but even still that's gay strong arming the entire franchise and um making moves from the head coach i mean they're just giving him the entire the, the entire keys to the to the place and they saw that a front row seat to it i mean literally they're in our division and they saw what happened here and all the talent we let go away because of the issues and i don't know it's just uh it's gonna be fun to watch finally it's the flames aren't aren't uh, our building that's absolutely right. That's where it's going to be fun is when we, you know, our house is on fire, but we can turn around and look at the flames just coming out of the windows, the doors in the top of the building of the New York Jets. Uh, Chris, this has been a long extended version of Perfectville, but we got a lot accomplished here today. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I'm good, man. I am good as well. So for myself and Chris Cullen and as part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.